Thank you for listening to the Tatnus Podcast on the Tatnus Co. Network. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. A Mercedes kind of sentiment, luxury, and trust in me to honor the free we all should be in. See my sons out burst into yin and yang, right? And that's me and you. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Tatnus Podcast. Today is the show you've been waiting for, man. I am so jazzed about this show, and our guest is probably the most fascinating person that I've talked to in a long time. We have Mick Strawn on today, who you may not realize how familiar with his work you actually are, but I guarantee you, you've seen it. If you've seen Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and 4, Blade, Boogie Nights, Candyman, Freddy's Nightmares, the TV series, or so many other things, man. The Hercules TV series in the 90s. He worked on all of it. And he is here today to tell you some stories about his career. I could go on and on, man, about his resume, but uh, we don't have that kind of time. It's just so extensive. This guy has done so much. It's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, he's a great dude. What's up, brother? Yeah, how's it going? Wait a minute. Now, my, uh, let's see, scare, scare, share, host disabled screen. Are you just, uh, yeah, you just... There, yeah, there's no cam involved on this because, ah, shit. I went through all this trouble to get all my lighting right. It's oh, I'm out of here. Oh, it, I'm sorry. It, no, it's because I liked you. I didn't want you to be subjected to this. I didn't want you to have to fucking see what you're fucking dealing with here. So, <laughs> I don't, I don't, well, they're my friends, man. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so how's it going, guys? Great. It's fucking awesome, dude. It's awesome to have you on, man. Wow. That's, uh, I, I guess I can take my glasses off now. Right? You know? Uh, you I don't, there's a, yeah, man, I can loosen up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to look all professional and shit. I'm taking my pants off now. Right? Well, <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. I didn't have any pants on. You know we can still see you, right? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he thought about it for a second. He's like, wait, yeah, wait. Just, wait what? <laughs> oh man. So so what's happening? I was gonna ask you the same motherfucking thing. I mean Well, I'll tell you the truth. Uh you know, I <laughs> my wife goes goes, You got another podcast? And I go, Yeah, yeah. It's uh yeah, and she goes, You were gonna watch the dog today with me. Oh, Oh, really? You know, because isn't washing the dog one of those things that that you just eventually get to? I mean, when absolutely nothing else. Right? When you're uh, that bored. That's that's right. You know, and she goes, no, we're doing it right now. The dog stinks. (laughs) (laughs) And and I, I sniffed a little bit and went, well... Not as bad as I do, but <laughs> but then I realized I really was sniffing just me. So <laughs> I would have responded with, "No, that was me. Sorry." I just yeah, sorry. <laughs> Ooh, excuse me. So so then we we take the dog outside, and and it's a lab. You know, I I mean I'm kind of into into little dogs now because I had big dogs for the longest time, and <laughs> and, and my last one died, and now uh and now my wife has a lab because she always wants a big dog. And and, and I go, she goes, yeah, I let him out the back. And I go, you let him out the back. Okay, well, let's let's go get him. Now, he, and I go, well, where is he? Well, he's in the yard. He's out back. 
we have six acres. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so I said, hold on a sec. Because he doesn't, because you see, he's twigged to the whole bat thing, you know? And he's like any red-blooded American dog. And uh, he hates bats. And, I, and that's when I called you and went, you know, this is probably going to have to like go sit back a little bit because uh, I have to run the dog down. <laughs> so that was a project. No doubt. I yeah. was like, hey, man, we're having our own technical bullshit over here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always flexible anyway with timing. I'm like, I've had people that hit me out that were like, hey, man. Oh, God, I'm, I'm not flexible at all. I'm like t Hitler. <laughs> no, it must happen now. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Unless know, I got a dog to wash. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, yeah. Except for that, I I, I remember I, I used to show, I literally used to show up on set like late, which is like always verboten. You know, oh my god, and and I because I would always you know have like a thousand things going on at once, and I remember showing up on set like fifteen minutes late, and and, and I I got dressed down by a first AD, <laughs> he goes, you know what? He goes, I'm telling you, this is, the, I, I, just, I, I just can't stand the disrespect. Um, <laughs> this, this shows that, that, that you have re no respect for me. And I, I just stood there and looked him in the eye and you are who? <laughs> <laughs> I would have been- What was your first- yeah, yeah. What was your first name? Because you're the third set I was on this morning. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. like, first of all, I had first a dog all, to walk. I have no, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. He needed his anal gland squeeze. <laughs> yeah, I, I could be like President Trump. Hey, you know, it takes me two and a half hours to be this beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, I, uh, I told hey, you. Look, I, you you know, never once in my life have I ever showed up and been painted. <laughs> and, and he has, so. <laughs> so That's fucking unreal. Uh, I'm, I, <laughs> well, you know, I, like I said, I moved from Toronto to fucking Nova Scotia. Right, you're in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. You remember the fucking Canadian? Canadian. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I, I, I used to, I, I used to, uh, I used to say things like fucking Canadians. I know. Uh, you, you said it this, last week on the phone, but, man. Let's, oh, I let's, bet I did. Let's, let's I bet I did. Oh, fucking, <laughs> fucking Canadians. Canadians. Fucking Canadians. Um, uh, it, you know what the biggest problem with Canada right now is? Is that I don't live there. I'm right. I, I told right. you. I, I mean, told you. I was going to bring the van and kidnap you, but yeah, uh, it's exactly, you had the dog exactly. to wash. So Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, well, you know. Yeah, you know, prior yeah. commitments. I understand that. I and and the problem is, is you probably would have used an American made van and it wouldn't have made it. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah, see, yeah, right, mm -hmm. right. I mean, old. Uh, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, <laughs> I would have brought a Ford, and it just would have never. Yeah, a Ford would have never made it back. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys, I have a Ford, and it's a. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, all, somebody was writing on a, on some, the, the, the interface, the interface, you know, you know, the interface, you know, uh, writing, writing on that interface thing. That page and, thing. Yeah, exactly. And uh, they were saying something about, yeah, I sure, uh, 
I, I sure do miss the old cars. They were so much better built. Oh, I don't know about that. American cars were junk. <laughs> I mean, you know, the thing is, is that's somebody who's like, you know, 30 years old and looking back on cars out of the 50s and 60s. And, and they just weren't around back then because car, cars, uh, they were slow. They used a lot of gas. Uh, they, but, but at least they didn't stop. Exactly. You know? <laughs> they had one job. <laughs> really, you had one job. You had one job. Actually, you had two jobs. One was to go and the other's to stop. And you don't do either one of those very well. Not anymore. <laughs> but, but, but the smell of a classic car when it's running, it's just hideous. And, <laughs> and multi, no, it is. You know, it's like those old 350 V8s with no small control devices on them. Oh, I know. Holy shit. It's like and big ass. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, is if you ever got caught in traffic back, in the, back when I was first driving in the 70s, it was it was fucking horrendous. I mean, really, it's like you have headaches. And, oh God, yeah. You know, it's about, I I think today's cars are fucking amazing. You oh, know, really for the most part, sure, except for Ford. yeah, well, yeah, except, except for the one you own. Oh, right, it's always, it's always the one you, you fuck up. That, I I I mean, literally, I I have a Sonata, and uh, I I think I have a twenty. 10 Sonata and my wife has a 2018 Sonata and 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 my Sonata is like um 170,000 miles on it and honest to god I've never done anything to it but change the oil and a couple of new sets of tires right <laughs> you know that's that's unheard of from back in the day you absolutely. know absolutely oh yeah <laughs> I mean, you know, if you have a 1970 anything right. and, it, it, and it goes for 30,000 miles, you know, without millions of things happening and going wrong, then, <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that, would, that would have been a science fiction. That, that wouldn't have been a car. That was a spacecraft. Exactly. Um, I have to agree with that. I actually remember in the 90s, my parents had a fucking Plymouth Voyager van. And I swear to Christ, we were in a damn mechanic like every week. And I'm like, Tommy, what's wrong with the van now? Yeah. There you go. And the 90s, yeah, and the 80s and 90s were the worst. The 80s, the thing is, is America, and especially uh, American cars were going through this huge changeover. You know, they were, they were trying to like get hip and, and it took them virtually 20 years to get to the point of actually starting to produce a car that anybody really would have wanted, you know, <laughs> unbelievable. But, but you know, with American cars, American cars were the same, the same motor, chassis, transmission, running gear. Yeah, with different bodies put on it, but it but it was big enough so that you could do anything you wanted with those bodies, you know. Yeah. You, sure, you could put fucking fins on it, you, you know. Why not? Yeah, why not? Because you you know you you'd put a big V eight in it, and uh, I it's great because I read a story one time. It was about um, it was uh, it was a science fiction piece. And a guy, a salesman dies and uh, comes back like uh, 500 years later. And the entire world has been taken over by stupid people. 
That's pretty legitimate. Uh, that's yeah. Right, right. That's accurate. That's a biography. Right. Incredibly accurate, right? <laughs> I, God, I, I swear, you know, I, I, I could not have seen a, fi uh, a future in 1970 when I would have thought, <laughs> when I thought about that film every goddamn day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if people say, because people would say that the car, you know, the speedometers uh, said that they went 120 miles an hour and they were doing about 30. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I swear to God, that's just what it's all come down to, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's, you know, it, it really, we think we're, you know what, that's, that's, that's kind of a, 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 a it, it, to put it in religious terms, that would be a parable. Right. Par the, the parable of a society that thinks that it's going 120 <laughs> when it's only going 30 <laughs> right at best and that's being pretty generous I think. yeah that's being really really generous that's a generous commentary on where we're at right now <laughs> when, when 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 actually basically our society is the flintstones and we are getting our feet out and <laughs> right it's like the whole flintstones that's, meet the jetsons thing like, that's right exactly oh, we, we fucked up that's <laughs> But we, but we don't, we don't even seem to know we fucked up anymore. That's the problem. We're just like, this is fine. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> we're just fucking. That's where we're at at this point. It's. So I, uh, I was listening to a psychologist the other day that was explaining the the uh, why why it is that, that there's so many people in America that don't wear masks, and it's it's they have like actual here's the thing this is how advanced we are we have actual psychology that explains how stupid it is i mean we don't have it's of course we have science explaining why we should wear masks yeah but but we also <laughs> have have science and and studies and stuff that explain why we don't wear them <laughs> right there you go yeah it's like Wow, it's it's called the theory of small numbers, and it's it's really really interesting. <laughs> oh, absolutely, I see. I just I just stay the fuck out of like the general public entirely the best I can anyway. Oh yeah, you, you know the th thing is is I I don't think that the world knew until Donald Trump came along just how many of our neighbors were incredibly stupid. <laughs> <laughs> right the internet kind of helped too. right the other and and the internet well the, I, 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 I don't i don't think people are anywhere near ready for to know everything right. <laughs> you, know, you, you know you know what life has become life has become how many movies have been made about the guy that can all of a sudden hear the thoughts of everybody around him and goes crazy right exactly that's that's what this that's that's totally relatable right Right, yeah, that's, yeah. So, that's exactly what it is. Is is we know how dumb the guy next door is. It's like right. it, it, it's like fuck. I didn't know that guy was that bad. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh my! I swear to fuck if I had okay. a dollar for every okay. Now, yeah, I am gonna make the fastest. I this is this is gonna be a U-turn you wouldn't believe. So you're Canadian, huh? <laughs> remember i have a kit i have a canadian story this is what i wanted to hear a canadian motherfucking story this what? is what i wanted to hear because we talked about this on the phone last week and i was like we did this guy fucking has to tell <laughs> my fellow mother canuckers okay this fucking story okay okay here we go all right now now 
I sort of got, I've only, I have only barely crossed into the border with Canada a couple of times, uh, almost accidentally. I was uh, literally for a pizza, but I'm not going to go into that. I was, I was, I was on the, I, I was on the West coast and that sort of thing happens. Right. You know, but, but, but I have had an effect on Canada in the weirdest fucking way. Okay. So best way. when I, when I was, when I was just starting this business, um, my sister was working as a costume designer in New York and, and she was working with a director called Jean Lafleur, and, and I wasn't even working in the business. I was literally, uh, peace working in San Bernardino. <laughs> well, kind of wherever I wanted, I, uh, um, Peace working in construction, where uh, I would put together a crew and go out and and they were building so many houses at once in the San Bernardino out in the deserts out there. They're building so many houses at once that you would just literally get together a crew and sign up for doing something like um, screwing the bolts down right. for 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 uh, you could do you could do little tiny jobs or you could do big jobs. You know, we would go in and we would uh, hang. We're, we're going to hang the, the, the ceiling drywall, right? Or, or whatever, you know, I was young, I was dumb. So, <laughs> but, but I did know how to run a crew. And here's the thing, my sister, my, once you get a job in this business and in any business that, it, that anybody, you know, is at all interested in, if you get a job, uh, you have two main, your first, two things that you have to do is you have to invite others on to help you with it. And you have to make sure that they're not going to let anybody know that you don't know anything about what you're doing. Right. So, I mean, that's just, that's just the law of the jungle there. That's all that is. So, so my sister gets, <laughs> is doing costumes in New York and the director on the, on an off, 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 off Broadway show, um, you know, literally a show where the pay scale is, is, um, is, is how much you pay them to, to work. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'll come on the show and, 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 and I'll bring all the costumes, right? right. Oh, you're hired. So, exactly. Right. So this director gets a paying gig and Beans is he gets a pain and he gets, he gets a paying gig with a company called Apogee and Apogee was, it, it, it was like the, uh, I, I wish I could remember his name right now, but, but, uh, he was the, one of the guys that did, uh, the effects for star Wars. Right. And he did all the miniatures and, Apogee uh, got got the production for this commercial, and they hired John Lafleur to do the commercial. But John Lafleur had never worked in Hollywood before. So, what's the rule of Hollywood? You hire somebody to like. So he hires a bunch of people from the shows that he's been working to come to L.A. and um, and work this commercial with him, okay. and. My wife, my uh, my sister, she, he hires to do the scenic painting, 
And she passes the buck down the line and hires me to run the cruise. Oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> and I, I, look, I, I knew how to do it. I knew how to run a crew, and, and all I had to do was plug new knowledge, you know, learn new things and plug them in, and I turned out to be pretty good at it. Uh, but here's the thing. I, somebody asked me about two years ago, somebody asked me, uh, a Canuck, Canuckian, right? <laughs> yeah. You guys are Canuckians? Yeah. <laughs> of course. Oh, that's a, that's Canucky itself. <laughs> so, um, tired. So I, I'm talking on the show on a podcast with them and, and the guy goes, well, how did you start? And, and for, for I mean, the first time in ages, I, I actually kind of remembered it. <laughs> hey, you know, I actually, this is how I started. And I explained, I explained, and I said, yeah, and it's called Play Safe. Right. And it was, it, and it was this robot called Astra. And we did, we painted the robot and we painted all the backgrounds and all the rest of this. And these fucking guys froze. And they went, you what? You worked on what? I said, yeah, I know. You, you probably never heard of it. Nobody's heard of it. <laughs> Nobody's heard of it before. And they went, Astra? You mean, we haven't heard of Astra? <laughs> he goes, dude, he goes, I saw that. I've seen that robot in my dreams. <laughs> right. Oh. He says, and I saw it at least five times after school every day of my father my fucking life and right. i was like you what and he, yeah. and he goes that's been playing the canadian safety board and i go yeah the canadian safety board yes, mm -hmm. forever the, yeah. for, forever it, literally since it dropped in like i would guess like we did it in 82 and right. and so probably 80 83 84 or somewhere no, around there no. it would have and well, it's been, well into the 90s yeah yeah well no yeah, these guys are saying that it, it could have played straight into the early 2000s easy, easily easy. and and easy. another version an animated version of yes, it yeah that's the one i grew up with see no i grew up with the real deal man <laughs> yeah i grew up with the crap okay <laughs> this is why i told you i was like you are responsible for so much <laughs> <laughs> In my childhood, that I am so grateful for. That's that's uh, the, I, I think uh, one of the guys in the podcast was Chris Prevost, and uh, he does he he's a Canadian writer, and he was just floored. He absolutely floored because he he and I had hung out before a couple of times in a couple of different places, and he was like, uh, he says, I just can't I can't even believe that you had something to do with that. That's crazy. <laughs> I remember as a kid, that fucking robot creeped me the fuck out on but this so is, many levels. You yeah. see, this is this is the weird thing, is that's, <laughs> to us, uh, we thought it was really cute. Cute <laughs> <laughs> my ass. No, 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 I mean, I, no, I, no, I swear to God, I swear <laughs> to God, we thought it was cute, but I never had thought about it from the other point of view that, it was it was there to scare the shit out of people. Right. Because I always thought the voice was weird for it. You yeah. know, I'm yeah. Astrid. I can do this and you can't. 
Nice. Hey, hey, right? <laughs> and, and, and I got it. And I always thought, ah, that seems like a really weird voice for, yeah. for that. And I sort of got any Canadian now. See, now I know it's a thing, right? Right. And, and Canadians go, that was the creepiest fucking thing in the world. I'm like, wow, really? <laughs> now, exactly. And my experience with that is I was creeped the fuck out by that robot. Right. That but, seems to be the, the general consensus. Every fucking time I saw it coming on TV, I would run to the TV and <laughs> plant my ass there and just stare at it because it was a mixed bag for me. It was no different than Freddy Krueger himself where I was like, something really creeps me the fuck out about this cat, but I can't get enough of it. And with that robot shit, I was like, there's something about that atmosphere. Like, I want to hang out there. Yeah, I, I want to attempt all well, those crazy flips and fuck it completely up because I am nowhere near <laughs> that here's, agile. Here's how here's how it was done. I mean, I, I mean, is it obvious how they did it? No, you explained it to me last week on the phone, and I was like, "Wow, that's fucking amazing!" At in, in the '80s, like the technology that was available. Well, I, you know, the thing is, is I, I'm not sure that the talk technology that was available because it it was pretty much a lot of ninety uh, percent of it was, was just um, was just done with high speed cameras. Oh. In other words, in other words, basically, basically what it was is there is a a series of five huge tubes, right? Uh, yeah. and, and I mean, I mean, like, like 20 feet around, right? Yeah, absolutely. And they're 40 feet high. Uh, and, and what, <laughs> what <laughs> Allison, Allison, I can't think of her last name, Allison Smith. Uh, she stood up basically on a little platform at the top and, uh, had a blue screen up above her, you know, so that they could do space going by right. on the blue screen. And, sh and she would do acrobats, uh, spins or twists or, you know, whatever it took, uh, and go past the camera. And the thing is, is those were really high speed actual film cameras. And to, to hear them, <laughs> and this, this was, I mean, this is like literally the first thing that I ever done in the business. And so I, I thought that all the cameras sounded like this. <laughs> because they were all going like, uh, like 300 frames a second. Right. Wow. Super it, 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 yeah. And it's like uh, the, the problems that they were having with it was that she would drop. I, I, I mean, you're, you're talking about literally uh, half a second is is the length of the shot right 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 and but the thing is is that it's going through that film so fast that the magazine the magazine of the film was like enormous and it would start up and and <laughs> and uh and somebody would he goes and then speed up until it was like and every once in a while the um the uh it would jump the uh the cogs inside of it and and uh, and the side of the film would break. The side of the film canister would break out, right? Holy fuck! Ooh. And it would and it would spill 
film everywhere. Oh, no. <laughs> it was, it was yes. freaking amazing to watch, you know. Oh, like, no doubt. Oh. <laughs> but, but so then you have these fractional moments that you have uh, maybe 20, uh, it, it, you're 24 frames a second. So you literally have less than 24 frames that are usable. Holy fuck. Oh. Yeah, and then you have to take and put those together. Out of to make, all that. Yeah, to, to, to edit it down. And, and, uh, and, and she was injured because, and, and tell me if this isn't like the ultimate in irony. We're making a Canadian safety commercial. And, uh, <laughs> and, and she, had a safe, she had a safety rope, right? And she would be up on the top and, and, and she would, uh, she, uh, <laughs> this is the best story ever. So, so she, she has a safety rope and it's tethered to her, to a harness, right? right. Uh, and somebody takes the safety rope and it was really, really outrageously long for some reason when it didn't need to be. And somebody tied the end of the safety rope to the back of a pickup truck and, and sent somebody on a run in the pickup truck. What the hell? <laughs> and, the and fucking worst I, I am, I wish, and I tell you, the thing is, is Allison and I, Allison was also the, um, was also the uh, stand-in or, or did a stunt double for, um, for Alice in Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Oh, that's cool. That's so cool. Right? Because she had the same body style and, and right. little tiny. And she, and she was a dancer so that uh, a lot of the, of course, you know, it was actually several different uh, stunt people, but, uh, but she was like the main, the, the main one. But so it drags, the rope drags her across the top of two or three of the sets Ripping the sets apart. Holy fuck! And, and, and she goes over the and she goes over the edge and get she gets dragged across the parking lot. Um, and then and then and then literally we had to then paint. We had to repair the sets and then sit with them for. I think it was three or four months. While she recovers, yeah. While, while she recovers because she's the one that's in the suit and 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 you know you can't so and then she came comes back came back and, and finished it up but uh yeah it, it i i always thought to myself that 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 had to be the utter definition of irony right Absolutely. <laughs> i remember you told me that last week on the phone and i cracked the fuck up and i right you know it's it's hard not to laugh because and because of the awful yeah <laughs> Yeah, you you know that's my life. You know that's that's exact. That's you know if you're not riding on that edge, if you're not riding on that edge, don't steal the cookies. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and I mean this. I will own this right now and say this is the worst fucking possible segue. Richard, <laughs> so it's your turn to do a bad segue. Right, my friend. Yes, gonna, my friends are gonna want me dead. Okay. But um. Well, I want you dead already. I, I, oh, I knew man. after the call last week, I was like, he has a problem with pain. It's like, he, they, they tried to kill one. She was very resilient. I'm not sure I am. So he's going to kill me instead. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> um, no, 
a friend of mine has this very talented daughter who is trying to get her foot in the field. She's apparently really, really fucking good with, um, she's trying to get in the industry of the makeup artist, you know, industry right. with horror movies. So is there like any fucking advice that you off the top of your head could give <laughs> on where to start? Because like, you know that, what? That's I, one's hardest I, I have to tell you, I get this question all the time, and there is there is such an obvious answer to this, and everybody goes, well, okay. Okay, I have a super obvious answer to this. If you fucking and, say safety first, you lost all credibility. No, I, I, <laughs> safety, you know what? If you knew me, you would know that my, my standing motto in life has been safety third. See, you know, I know you. So I, yeah, you I know. did. You weren't gonna go there. You were not gonna go there. Why? No. <laughs> Look, it, it, people have asked me this again and again and again. And here's the number one thing that that you have to do to start, and that's move to L.A. or move to Georgia. Georgia. Yep, Atlanta. How come? Because those are the two. Uh, as far as L.A., as far as uh, filming things. Those are the two kings right now. You have to you have to go where the industry is. So you, yeah, you know, I I I'm sorry, but people people tell me all the time. They call me up and go, you know, I'm from Connecticut, and um and I've done like uh you know 14 uh, uh small films, and and I really want to get in the business. Uh, what would you advise? What would your advice be? And I go, well, uh, uh not live in Connecticut. I mean, that seems I mean, like, you know, common knowledge. But. <laughs> I, I, does, it, does it make me sound like a dick? But that's completely 100%. You know what? Here's the thing. You go out there and, and you're going to find out the, the process of being in L.A. Will, will, you're going to find out whether you've got what it takes. You know, that's kind of like what I've always said is like life on the road. You're either cut out for it or you're not. Right. You know, it doesn't take I, long to figure out which. Thank you. you know, it, it, it's uh, it's one of those things where everybody. But you know what? We're, we're going to have a great film community in Connecticut. And I go, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, maybe after you get back. Right. <laughs> I, I do have to say, as much as I hate to make fucking light of what someone went through, if my friend's daughter hears this shit and decides to move to Georgia or fucking I know, California, yeah. what happened to that poor fucking robot is nothing compared to that. <laughs> <laughs> and I orchestrated this shit. I'm like, I'll help well, you out. Sorry. I, I mean, you asked. You know, everybody asks me all this. And the thing is, is there are so few people that are going to want to like actually make that commitment you know because i go okay so really so you're going to be the um you're going to be the next uh dp that uh the next uh hassle wexler okay um <laughs> next hassle wexler of what springfield uh, you know you know i mean our our last text exchange pretty much sums it up. I've brought this on myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, you brought this on yourself. You, I own it every time. You, it, you asked you. You you asked. I told you the absolute obvious motherfucking truth. The absolutely 
you can tell you literally <laughs> you're, if you're in space and you look out there it says it literally right over america right over connecticut it says move to hollywood <laughs> right or georgia you know or georgia or you, you know, right that's in brackets though yeah yeah sorry so <laughs> You know, if they never see that kid again, um, that's on me. That, that's that's on you because you asked. Because I asked. had to be helpful. You asked. I, oh, I know people. Yeah. I, I I could find. Oh out. oh no! You just wanted to make yourself seem so much better person than you really are. Oh, you know, you know how I do. Right? <laughs> like, you know, I'm fuck helping people. Absolutely. I'm just gonna jerk you my own I, ego off a little bit. Yeah, know? I was I, I was gonna say, you know, uh, you know. Why not, right? Nothing can get you. Nothing can get you more in more trouble than trying to do a good deed. Absolutely, it's like a kick in the balls waiting to happen. It's like an I O U for a kick in the nuts. It's <laughs> you don't know when it's coming. You help someone, you get blasted in the twig. Hey. Oh no! Yeah, you know what? If you're driving for meals, meals on wheels, and you. And you back over yourself, you have no one to blame but yourself. Right. You see, exactly, and, and here's exactly. the best thing, here's the best segue of all. Yeah. Uh, it, it's proven because you had a hand in the majority of my fucking childhood with your career. And now you're stuck on my fucking show. That's so, oh, that's uh, what up uh, now. <laughs> How do you like me now? <laughs> How do you like me now, bitch? <laughs> I fucking oh, yeah, grew a, up watching fucking freddy's nightmares which you worked on yeah and uh you literally did fucking half the fucking shows which blew my mind well you know what here's the weird thing and i i kind of i kind of went from show to show to show just just out of i had to stay busy because i i had a family Absolutely. and and uh it, it is this really strange thing that um all all those all those days uh, do a career make you know because i look back because I, I look back at my career and and it's like everybody was making more money than me everybody was doing mainstream shows you know and it, it think of it this way uh, if you did if when we were filming in hollywood and we were doing what we were doing uh you know event the adventure and the horror and the and all these little Low, and, and mostly low low budget, but kind of a combination of low and high budget uh, stuff. Uh, you would have had to say to yourself that we were the ghetto, ghetto, you know, right. um, because we we were right above. You know, if you're doing horror films, and and it it was a stigma. You did horror films, and it was all of your friends and stuff were doing horror films, right. and it, it, it was it, we were like way looked down upon. I mean, you know, we were just. We were just we were just sandwiched right in between you know uh, being an an agent and working porn. I was gonna say porn. Oh, like, way down there, way no no seriously, way 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 down there. Yeah. And, and and funny, um, I, I did boogie nights just just. <laughs> I was just, laughing just just to prove it. I did right. boogie nights. <laughs> I like that big ass fake dick is all of him. Uh, <laughs> it's gotta be. No no no. Okay so. Here's a, here's a quick story, you, you know I I I have a couple of stories about that. Uh, one of which, 
is just a little bit too much, but but I, I'll tell you the story of me getting the job, right? Okay. So, so uh, I was working at this place called FTS Effects, uh, and um, and I would work I, I would work at at friends uh, model shops or or uh, mechanical effects places um, in between production design gigs because usually I'd only kind of do. Uh, one or two year and, 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 you know, any, any, I, I had to keep working. Right. Yeah, of course. So, so I was running this place called FTS effects with Lou Carlucci and, uh, and they go, uh, I walk in and Diane, Diane goes, Hey, uh, you, we got a job. Uh, and they just sit the script over the, the meeting starts in like five minutes and it's crossed down. And I go, oh shit. Now, here's the thing. So I jumped in my car, grabbed the script, and I jumped in my car. And um, so when I get in the meeting, you know, everybody's introduced themselves, but but it's a, a read-through. And in a read-through, what you do is you, you all, all the department heads are sitting around an enormous table. And the first AD reads the script, right? And he reads every scene in the script, blah, 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 and then and then looks up, and then you have a discussion about that scene, right. and who and who's going to do what, right? Uh, who's going to bring the, the the Corvette? Who's going to uh, modify? Who's who's going to be driving this? What is who's going to be a and and all the departments kind of um, can determine then what all their side meet meetings are going to be right right so the thing is is there's always people that are hired at the last minute which you know when they have this meeting because it's like anything that has to do with like between 30 and 60 people i mean you know it's uh you get as many of them as you can you know it's it's with cats you you have to consider that if you get 80 percent of the cats in one place that 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 you have all the cats <laughs> so, <laughs> so i walk i walk in and i and i have the script and there's a standard way that you deal with it if you're just joining you you grab another script at the door right and you take the script that you've got and you put it in your lap and and you open the script that that lays on the table as everybody's reading along, right? Right. So, so, so that it looks, and the thing is, is that's a slower process, right? And so that you can, it doesn't take you too long before you can get a few pages ahead down, right? Absolutely. And so I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading down here, da, 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 and the prop master is a guy that I had known and he's stayed, sitting right straight across from me. And he knows exactly what I'm doing, and we, and uh, you know, because everybody would be doing it. And I'm, and I'm down here, and I'm like, uh, 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 I would, you know, uh, say, oh, we're, we'll do that, you know, talking about this reading up here. In the meantime, I'm trying to get like a few pages ahead, and I, <laughs> and I, I get about three pages ahead, and and, and literally, I go, it's like, and, you, and so and so whips out Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Oh my God! Whips out, whips out his enormous twelve-inch penis, and I just, <laughs> and it just stops me. And I look, and and I'm looking down, and I just kind of froze because I was like, 
what the hell is this? I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I had never knowingly shown up for a porno. Right. Right. Knowingly. And I was like, cause I didn't, I didn't know Bo- Boogie Nights. I mean, you know, let's face it. Bo- none of us knew. No. I mean, I had no, I had no clue. I mean, Diane didn't know it was called Boogie Nights. Who the hell knows what Boogie Nights means, right? Right. Yeah. And, and, get, and, and, and so it's, and I, and I stop and I just kind of freeze for a moment and I, and I look up <laughs> and this, and the prop master was waiting for me to look up. Right. <laughs> right. And he looks me, he looks me right in the, in the, in the eye and he goes, yeah. And here it is. And he reaches down next to him and pulls out this paper bag and slops the paper da- ba- bag down on the table <laughs> and just oh. and pulls the paper bag aside. And there's that enormous dick. It was like, run. Right. See, check that out. What the fuck? And I sort of got, and I sat there and went through the whole thing. I'm not a hundred percent sure even to this day that I quite understood, you know, and, and, and it all went just totally downhill from there. Some of the things that we did, like the, in California, you have to have uh, somebody uh, firing a, uh, a squib off with a direct connection. You can't, you can't, um, you can't, do it by radio right? right because there's too many radios in la you know there's think of how many radio beacons are being used at any time in the los angeles area because right. every show i and i'm not kidding if you ever if you turn your radios on it takes you a while when you get to a new location before you can all pick a channel that isn't being used right Right. Mm-hmm. So, so in order to do that, we had to take a Corvette and we had to modify it so that it could be driven uh, behind that little jump seat. Wow. And that's, that was what I did. That was another one of the, the things that I did on that show was uh, 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 modify the Corvette so that uh, Lou Carlucci, who was the one that, fired the squibs off could uh operate it from the trunk of the car holy fuck. oh shit right which which meant you couldn't see him at all right shit. so so he tested it by running down um but um ventura boulevard in a in a corvette running by itself without anybody it, it you couldn't tell there was anybody in it it was fucking hilarious that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> you know you could have twisted this like i would have i would have been like yeah he looked at me because he knows damn well if anyone knows about having a 12 inch dick it's this guy oh yeah oh this guy yeah work in your favor okay I'll, you know what <laughs> okay you okay you, you have earned you have earned yourself just just, just, you know what? Before I get to the end of the story, you're gonna go fuck. Okay, fuck, fuck that guy. <laughs> There's a shot. There's a shot in that show, right? 
the party shot. Okay. <laughs> do you remember the party shot? I do. Okay. It's a continuous shot. Now, here's what my involvement in the continuous shot was. Me, Lou Carlucci, Ron Meyer, one of my assistants, we had to shoot <laughs> when, when, when um, Bill Macy goes into that room and shoots the people, the camera goes past him, right? Yeah. He goes down the hall and boom, 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 right? That wasn't the way it was supposed to be. Oh, shit. The way that it was actually shot was <laughs> you have, we were going to sit and shoot styrene bullets which is a little tiny wax capsule. Right, okay. right. And we were just going to shoot them onto the two people who were fucking in front of us for, <laughs> 16, for 16 hours. 16 hours? Because, let me tell you why, because that was all going to be done in one, as one shot. Oh, oh shit. And that's how long it takes to line that. I mean, for them to actually come to the door. So... So basically, what it was is we get there. We sit, we sit in the corner of that, that little tiny room, all three in a row. Um, it's uncomfortable as hell. We, we have our little styrene guns, which are one shot apiece. He, come, he comes all the way out. He goes to the party. He, goes, he, does, he gets the flash with the, with the photo and takes the drink and talks and da-da-da-da. Comes down the hall, right? And then turns around and goes all the way out to his car, gets the gun, but the camera following him all the time, then it comes down the way. And the thing is, is he goes past that the one that they finally decided to take was the one where he passed the camera all the way. <laughs> he the camera got way in front of him. Oh shit. And it went past him, right? So so you, you never saw the fact that I but and 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 let's just talk about watching two porn stars <laughs> bang each other. For, for, I mean, literally, look at the position. We're, we're like sitting with our backs to the wall, scrunched up um, in, in a room that's so small that, that literally, if the door had opened all the way, it would have blocked our shot to be able to shoot at them, right? Shit. And and we're looking straight. I am I am right at ten inch dick level. <laughs> and, and this guy, this guy was hung like a horse. <laughs> and and can I just say it was like watching a horse go into a tunnel a hundred thousand times. <laughs> I mean, you know, and they were porn stars, so they were just plain fucking, yeah, right? They're used to it. For 16 hours. You know, I, I mean, I, I went home hung like a hamster. <laughs> I was hung like a hamster for two months. <laughs> <laughs> there goes the confidence. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Honey, let's, huh? Uh, 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 it's like uh, Vietnam. I'm yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> like a flashlight. 
PSD, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, PSD. Yeah, I've seen some shit. PSD, I don't recommend it. I, I, I've seen some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recommend it. If you I, I, I have to say that that was, uh, uh, it was, you know, I still to this day can describe what happened, but, um, but but i don't know how i feel about it still i feel that way about witnessing an episiotomy it's right exactly but it's stuck in my head no one gave me a warning to avert my eyes and now i'm just fucking scarred there there were just so many things that that were just so weird about that show i can't even i can't even tell you it was um yeah 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 so anyway um right moving on moving on (laughs) I, I mean, I had one question about your line of work because anyone that knows me knows I fucking I'm a huge art freak. Like I love like art is my therapy. I do a lot of art. I do a lot of horror art, and um, I'm also like an '80s horror fucking nut. Right. So like, it fascinated me with like what you do. I was I was wondering with that industry, um what the average because i know everybody's different but what's the average experience you had is it like the mentality of you're the artist do what you do or here's my vision make it happen or like that sweet middle ground of both of like here's my vision but like do what you do as an artist and kind of find you know if you think that you can make it better by all means please do um what what's the average attitude it's five percent talent and 95 percent deceit and lies Perfect. <laughs> um, Fake it till you make it, basically. Let, let, let's put it this way. When, when, when you, you, I always figured that if I got 80% of what I wanted, then uh, of what I conceived, then I considered my, myself to, to have done the job. You know, uh, it's, it's, you, you play percentages and it's a very political game. Um, you, you shoot and you have completely different, uh, parameters. I I mean, you know, like, let's say that you do a cop show and, and as a production designer, uh, you're going to do some like uh, simple parameters, uh, and so you're going to, you're, as a production designer, you're going to support the lighting to make sure that the lighting looks like what you want it to, right. tied with the locations, um, tied with uh, maybe, because uh, let me give you an idea of the production designer's job. So I did a job, a show called Fever, right? Um, and I'm trying to give you, I'm trying to give you an idea of, of like, a more normal, uh, just a thriller, right? Yeah. What the, what the production designer would do. Um, so it's a, it's going to be a noir, right? So, um, you decide that if you're in certain hallways in really funky areas that you would gloss the hallway so that when they shined lights down the wall, you, you, you didn't have to put things like pictures on the wall or anything to add interest, you would put a light at the end of the hallway that would bounce the light around. See, See what it's I'm saying? So scientific. It's like, it's an art form in and of itself. You would, you would do, 
you would create a thread of like red in that show. I created a thread of red through the show that, that skips from the most dangerous element in, in any given scene. That's amazing. Um, um, kind of, uh, a, you would darken down the walls because it's a noir so that you get that cut on the wall of every light. You know, you, you know what I'm saying is, is it, it, it's got to stand out. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Is the, to be a production designer, uh, a white wall is your enemy. Right. You got to think of the shit that no one else would imagine. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so you're going to take and you're going to do these cuts, make it so that the, the wall, it, the lamps that are on the wall have, are, are, the light that they're throwing is your design. Absolutely. See what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, and, and you're have to, having to think to yourself, well, let's get together with the DP and he can do a very deep burn-in effect where he's using extremely bright lights and stepping the camera down a step more than is adequate, right? Exactly. So, so that, uh, and what this does is, is gives a saturation to, to the film. And, and this was back when we were shooting film. Uh, and so you have to know, so look at all the things that you would have to know. You would have to know how lighting works. You'd have to know how surf, what surfaces look like. Exactly. Um, you're, you're, cr you're crossing over with the prop people. You're crossing over, you're building the sets. You're crossing, you're crossing over with the lighting people so that, so that uh, all this work and, and all of that, is in fact on fever we actually um we actually got somebody to shoot they were gonna like do the shooting up thing right Absolutely. and i said i said one of the one of the bursts of red that i want is i want the blood coming up in the middle of the in the middle of the clear fluid right there you so, so we had actually had somebody shooting up saline water so that you could see the burst of blood that's awesome. Come up in the middle of a clear glass, which was very difficult to find, by the way, a clear glass oh, hypodermic. Oh. So that's that's the lengths to which you go to to create your look and your effect. You know. So and, and the reason I wanted to bring that one up is because that's fairly that's one that it isn't obvious what the production designer is doing. If you're doing a Nightmare on Elm Street 4, it's super obvious what I was doing. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's stacking cool. all the cars, making the set, the set, the junkyard set, and, and all oh, the rest of yes. that. That yes. was amazing, by the way. One of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, you know, there are things that people don't think about that is, you, you know, those, those, uh, First of all, we had to stack all those cars ourselves. Oh no! Yeah. No, no. That it, it was a seven-week job. Yeah. It, it, I, it, it, I heard about that. It required it required a, a, a crew between twenty and thirty people for seven weeks to build that set. Yeah. And there's so many. I mean, we had to do it eight cars high. You had to make it super safe. You know, so that none of them yeah. were going to fall, and there were no edges around. We had to have the crack in the earth built as a set. And uh, the really funny thing is, is 
his the first one the first crack nerd set that we put in in there um the uh all the equipment that we used to put it together actually crushed it and we had to pull it out and build a huge box steel frame and put another set in the ground in the middle of that you know for the crack yeah absolutely so um um plus we had all the uh mechanics but uh, the mechanics of the cars you know pushing in and out and and it had to be in a model form we were working off of a model because i was also giving the model at the same time to the optical people to work with it Fuck. and by the way if you ever want to hear all the stories uh, uh, behind the screen, uh, uh, behind Nightmare on Elm Street Four, uh, I have a book yes. out called I have a book out called Behind the Screams oh. that that uh, that tells all these that tells a lot of these stories. I, it, it's it's me talking with you know sixty of my friends uh, about uh, including Robert England and Bob Shea and Rachel Talley and and all the stars and 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 but it also includes you know prop people and all the special effects people and exactly you know production people and just any anybody that had a good story exactly i want so, to kind of uh, put that out there too and plus you got this uh upcoming event coming up that i want yeah to yeah yeah well, well we'll put that but i was just gonna say you know a lot of these stories are, are are in that but but there was a point that i was going to bring up is that the type of lighting that we were using which was that shaft of light effect had could only be be achieved from um, distances of like 200 feet so so if you see you know when you see those like long streaks of light coming across is you have a snoot on a very focused light uh, 100 to 200 feet behind that that you had to have clear between you and all those walls of cars right so so it's hard to conceive of all the planning that was that oh, it absolutely. to make that actually work. I fucking I read about that. I heard about it and I was like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it it was a complicated, complicated thing. And and the thing is is we literally started before Rennie Harley had Harlan had been hired. Holy fuck. <laughs> because because they I mean literally we started in february released it in august so so wow. that's that's a complicated piece of work to like so literally literally you know rennie rennie came on and just he had to run with it that's um you know like like i said that question i know people want to know but i think because i'm such a fucking art nut i kind of that was more for me <laughs> I wanted to know. Yeah. That was all me, shamelessly. This is this is what I say. You know, it's funny because today uh, I I get a lot of directors that come in and and, and they say, well, you know, but, but I'll be my own production designer. I know what production design is, and you go, right. dude, dude, you just have no fucking idea what it is, really. Right. Really, if, if you if you say you know what production design is and you haven't got something to prove it, if you just think in your head you know what it is, you ain't even close, man. <laughs> That's exactly it. And I'm like, you know, I need to know from my own 
artistic fucking you know freak side like i gotta know because you're looking at the whole thing right you know, the production designer looks at the entire situation i mean i i had i literally have no problem overriding any effects person any uh you know the director definitely the dp you know I, and i don't mean override i mean you know work with right uh, and costume designers and all the rest of that and and, and try and aim us you, you know and that's what i mean by it's 95 percent just uh deceit and lies because uh you're you're just trying everything that you can to kind of uh facilitate the vision exactly and it's very very it, it's you know to my my best tact is is the the joke you know i i i can sometimes you 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 would have a tendency maybe not to take me seriously but i would be working so so hard in the background <laughs> exactly <laughs> that that you know it was yeah i always found like i'd go into a, a meeting um, a lot of times and, and i would uh take an uninvolved other person and say look i've got a i've got a, a, a something that i want I want you to uh, propose, right? <laughs> and then, and then instead of proposing it, then I could second it. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. And, and, and you know, here, here's the thing that I've always noticed in life is the guy who seconds it is the guy with the power. <laughs> That's right. So I could not only could I second it, I could then <laughs> enhance it. <laughs> and then, you had to pick somebody who had no fucking idea what he was talking about when you gave it to him. You know, so it's like, uh, say, say, say this word for word. Because <laughs> right? if the guy doesn't have a clue what the fuck he's talking right. about, yeah. how, how mad can you be? Yeah, I, you know what I think uh, Bob really wants to say is. <laughs> right. Swing and a miss. You can't be mad at him. Uh, that, that's 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 right. You know, and, and yeah, you that's know, it's, Bob from uh, catering. Like, yeah, that's that's right. Bob's from. Hey, I, I wonder why Bob from catering said I needed to hang like that. Craft services, pizza. <laughs> they have an That's right. They watch yeah. these movies too. God damn it. <laughs> but but you have to remember what the goal is. The goal is the overall look of things. Right. Right. I mean, fuck, man. I grew up with so much stuff. And I got to tell you, uh, this trips me out because in 1998, I left home out of a bad situation. It's in my documentary and whatever. I fucking lived on the streets for a little bit and uh, tried to get by on my own, get out of a bad situation. A friend of mine was like, my parents want you to stay with us for like two months or whatever. And I was reluctant. I was like, no, I made a choice. I got to do this on my own. I got to see it through. I don't want to be someone's financial burden. And then they guilted me into fucking staying. They're like, ah, oh, well, we don't sleep at night knowing that you're not all right and whatever. Now, fuck. Uh, the first memory, <laughs> I, first fucking memory I have of accepting that, you know, was uh, watching Blade. <laughs> and, I, oh, yeah. and I remember thinking, holy fuck, dude, for like something based off comics, this is graphic for what I expected. And I have you to thank for that. And I was like, I'm pleasantly surprised. Like that fucking was really cool to see mm -hmm. that it was actually edgy uh, yeah. for, for a comic book based movie. And I was like, now I never would have thought in a million years, like one day I'm going to make it to a level 
where I'm going to be not only not on the streets, but I'm going to be fucking successful enough and sitting and talking with the dude that did this shit to me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know we, 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 uh, uh, Somebody said has said before that uh, the Evil Dead Two uh, was the most blood that was ever used in a scene for the rain scene of the blood <laughs> rain. And, and, and I beg to motherfucking differ because man, you know what that was? Is that that was red water, right? That was the, I mean, come on, red, <laughs> dude. I pumped thirty five hundred gallons of like blood that was so fucking thick it had to go through one inch goddamn dough mixers the that's what you're you know when you look up and, and you see that thing on the ceiling that's gonna pop and yeah right okay hey we found a dough mixer that dry that mixed dry flour right <laughs> right that's think, think of think it had a one inch tube it was a one inch nozzle because you know pushing uh something that's dry through there right uh would take that much and that's what you're looking at you're looking at because they looked surprisingly like that and i said you know what the thing is is we couldn't push we couldn't push the thickness of the blood that we were going to use we couldn't push it through those little heads fast enough to make it look right so we actually used one inch dough these one inch dough mix heads Jeez. because they kind of look like that and that's that's why you that you know what the first time that we did it it was so thick we did this test run with it and we did a test run and we found out because I wanted that visceral look, like 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 blood. I wanted it to to have that Jeez, visceral effect to it, right? And if you look at the film, we totally achieved it. You know, it doesn't it look like it. it doesn't look like you know running water. It looks like blood. And and the, the thing is, is is we literally did a test in the room and and we ran three cameras on the test. And the thing is, is the cameras cut off, right? The film literally went, Buh. and then all of a sudden it cut off. And, and we were like, well, the three cameras can't all fail at exactly the same moment themselves. What it was <laughs> is we were pushing it through so thick and so fast that the, uh, the latitude of the film cut off. Oh, it, was, yeah. it, was, it was like literally just black there was no light that could get through it right <laughs> so what we had so in order to keep the edge of the heaviness in it we had to take and add back in gelatin products to thicken it back up <laughs> but but still clear it up clear it out to make it clearer and still maintain that thickness so that when it dropped on you it didn't look like water it looked like so I would say that my 3,500 gallons stacks up against Evil Dead's two's 5,000 gallons because that 5,000 gallons was shit. <laughs> <laughs> I was 15 and I, I will mean, never forget. That, that's like putting 5,000 gallons of Kool-Aid up against 3,500 gallons of blood. If it's any reward to you, my, my exact reaction has not left me. <laughs> 
my words, my exact words at 15 were, holy fuck, that's a lot of blood <laughs> for a fucking comic book movie, for Christ's sake. This it is was, awesome. It was so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and and the and the, and the dra- director was such a dick that I woke up I, I walked off before the end of the film he was he was unbelievable and then and and here's the great thing is he he was such an arrogant prick I mean he was an arrogant prick in a British way only only British can be as arrogant and prickish as he is you know and, and I'm not saying that British people in general are arrogant pricks. But when they are arrogant pricks, they're the world's most arrogant. They do it well when they choose. Oh my God! You know, not, not, nothing. You know, the thing thing is, is they have so many years of imperialism behind it. <laughs> exactly. So, like, we don't even want to argue. Yeah. Right. It, 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 it's like a, it's aristocratic arrogance, <laughs> and, and he was such a he was such a prick that um, when I left the show, there were literally two two fist fights one time there was a cameraman operating over his head right and he kept fucking he kept you know just wrangling on this guy you know just for no reason just because he wanted to be a prick and a guy, guy jumped down on him from 15 feet and almost broke his neck holy oh, shit. shit uh he then he got beat up by the grip one time and uh he he uh, le- was leaning up against the wall, and somebody accidentally put a three-inch screw through his shoulder. You know, so, so you know, yeah, yeah, he was a prick. <laughs> God, he was oh, a prick. No. <laughs> no, I'm probably like a complete idiot, but I'm taking one thing away from this for anyone that's mm-hmm. interested: that the British are susceptible to aerial attacks. Yes, <laughs> that's what I get from this. <laughs> Well, <laughs> if you they've, wanna, lost, they've lost all the skills that they had during World War II. <laughs> so if you want to attack the British, jump. Wait, too, <laughs> wait, too soon? Too soon, right? <laughs> Maybe. In the UK, I'm sure. But uh, I'm really fucking sorry, Alex, and the rest of the UK. Uh, <laughs> people that I, 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 I think I was cool with until now. Uh, yeah, yeah. Up, <laughs> up until now. You know what? Yeah, you invite me into offering. your you invite you invite me into your house, and uh, there's you know. a good chance that you're not going to exit with all of your friends. Right, when you're friends with one person, they damn it, fuck it up for everyone else. But if it makes them feel any better, I still love Benny Hill. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's like the olive branch that I'm willing to extend. Uh, other than that, I got nothing. So, there you go. <laughs> so I mean, the Nightmare on Elm Street kind of like supersedes everything. So, so, so how many hours are we in? now we're actually at about an hour 23 right i think so it sounds about right well i mean yeah. we have to be because you cap it off at an hour and 27 minutes yeah you you got four minutes man. Time, you, you, you got four minutes <laughs> right and i better make it fucking <laughs> being friends with them doesn't count for shit apparently. that's right no oh you're still oh. see you just got booed not okay party. You got burned. Oh wow! I got I got burned by a Canadian. My God! You know that that does not happen all the time. And when it does, it sucks, doesn't it? And you're like, but I gave you that creepy fucking robot, you ungrateful bastard. Right, right. Right, And I no, and I gave you the story of it because the story of it is better because there is no way that you thought 
when you saw all that creepy little you know? robot in your dreams that someday you'd meet the guy who you know painted that book. I really <laughs> did in our our phone conversation I was like I know your work like I know, <laughs> I know you were cool but I did not fucking but, know that I had a bone to pick with you did, did, uh, <laughs> <laughs> back bitch, isn't it? but there it you was, go life is the coolest bitch. thing Mm-hmm. So I was like, I was leaving it open. I, I was going to address it, but you beat me to it. There you I go. I was going to say, we had a conversation on the phone last week where you enlightened me, and whether or not you want to get into that fucking story again is completely up to you. But these mother Canuckers fucking, you know, probably want to know about it. <laughs> but you beat me to it, and you jumped on it, and you fucking, you know, so I don't have to feel bad about having you. I connected. You know, get into that again you were fucking <laughs> like miss cleo and you're like i'm doing this right there and, and 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 i veered away see you thought i was just gonna ramble about this and that and all of a sudden i was there i was on it i was in it i warned people for like the last week like you're gonna be in for some awesome fucking stories has uh, it been shit. has it been yes absolutely well i'm glad it I, i'm i'm glad it has you guys have been a blast Oh, Thank you've been you. awesome, man. If you gotta go, I, I can totally fucking accept that at this point. I think you spoiled these assholes enough. If you want to <laughs> keep going though, I ain't gonna fucking stop. Well, you know what? Either. I I I could always I could always come back. You just well, let me know. That's amazing, man, because um October I have a thing that I'm trying to pull together and I know like I know so many fucking people. We have a lot of mutual friends and uh which you know and it's like i know schedules get really hectic and shit mine as well i'm trying to align schedules but october people are getting real salty about the new halloween movie being postponed a year Mm -hmm. so i was like well what if i could do something for people for the halloween season (laughs) there you go (laughs) what if i can get people like we got mutual friends it's like i got you i got cj you know CJ Graham, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, fucking Ken, of course, from Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and 4. Oh, it's a good friend of mine. Uh, you know, yeah. exactly, right? We, we got all these fucking things in common, all these people. that I'm like, if I can align schedules, because I know, like, Ari and fucking, um, you know, Tony Moran I'm trying to get on as well. Uh, I'd love to get Robert, but I know he's just kind of having a blast just fucking off well, <laughs> he's just well, well tired motherfuckers he's enjoying that yeah ha, have you seen that he showed up on a show that i was doing on friday i, I wanted to post uh <laughs> as well and get into that too because he's you know he was my god him and nancy and 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 i actually uh got the two of them together originally uh oh really yeah she worked for she worked for me holy oh. fuck and 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 so nancy uh, uh he was uh he was doing a uh a captain morgan uh wearing um his underwear and i sort of got and and he came he came on for probably about 20 minutes holy fuck yeah it was amazing that is awesome i mean they had the best wedding cake ever yeah yeah <laughs> they i mean come on come on <laughs> He's leaned leaned into that his character so much, you know. Uh, right. He he really has, you know. You know, before we fucking let you finally be done with this misery, okay. uh, 
I have this, like, I'm a horror nut. Everyone knows that. I yep. got, you know, we know each other. You fucking probably know. I got, this, I got like, this horror obsession. Right. And I've got... You know, you can spray for that. Right, but There's I... There's a spray. I choose not to. Pro-choice, <laughs> you know. You know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got this horror shelf that's epic as fuck. But right. considering your line of work, you've got to know of some kind of like collector piece that I'm lacking that would be well worth me. Well, for. is my book up on your shelf? Well, duly noted. Um, that is something that needs to be corrected. Well, there what, you go. What kind of fucking friend of mine? Like Jesus Christ, I'm fucking up. Look, look, look for four. I'm going to put this out as an as an advertisement. If you haven't read my book. On Nightmare on Elm Street 4, the book, it really is really good. I, I've been told that it, it, it is one of those rare, and I can't take all the credit for it because it, it, it was done with 40, 50 different voices. And um, it's really uh, badly edited. Uh, <laughs> I, I, didn't want it, I didn't want it edited. I wanted, I wanted it just to feel raw. And, and it, it feels like you are actually there. It is in color. It's got a lot of great photos, a lot of great um, uh, illustrations. And, and uh, for 40 bucks, you can get my book and uh, I will insult you. Beautiful. I, in, I insult everybody. I, um, in fact, if I could look here, uh, let me look at my phone and I will see some of the most recent result insults that I've sent out. Let's see. Uh, just because, you know, uh, inquiring minds and all that. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Here we go. Um, um, I'll get you in your dreams or maybe Kmart. I think you need towels. <laughs> I love that store. I I wrote hey I wrote I wrote this to apologize for Fantastic Four. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Holy if, fuck. <laughs> if you buy two books, I'll just laugh at you harder. That's um, amazing. If you bought this book willingly, does that make you an accomplice? Uh, please help me. I'm locked in this book, and it smells like sweaty desperation. <laughs> <laughs> Lies, I tell you, lies in mobile homes as far as the eye can see. Uh, the only thing dumber than me writing this book is you buying it. <laughs> so that gives you that gives you an idea of the, the kind of treat that you're in for. Well, I'll give you this. Back in the day before I like, made it, I became a tattoo artist. And oh. when I had um, clients that were like really fucking fearful because it was their first right i can't let you go out on on your own like that by yourself so here's what i told clients to make them feel better because the chick that i was dating at the time was like there with me i said i'll tell you the same thing i tell her every night just a little prick you won't feel a thing <laughs> so if it makes you feel any better you don't have to like you know be the only one to insult yourself hey there you go where's the best place to buy the book well, you know what? You, you, what you have to do is you have to get a hold of me. Okay. Uh, all you do is just DM me, and uh, and we'll set up PayPal, and um, and I will wing it your way. I think it, I think it costs a little bit more to uh, 
to send things to Canada, but it isn't much more. Right. So anyone that's listening, I'm your connection. You yeah. Yeah. At, you know, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, just get a hold of me. I, uh, I get, I literally made the books for, to, to have something to sell at cons. Uh, I meant to put it on um, Amazon for the, for two years and um, just haven't gotten to that point. There you go. So any buddy listening. Damn me. Right. And if you don't want to bother him because he probably doesn't need that fucking stress in his life, if you want to go through <laughs> me, and if you're a woman, you got to do that thing I like, and then I'll hook you up. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. People know by now. People know by now. I'm I'm an idiot. I just say. Wow, that is it. That was me too squared. Right. <laughs> yeah. I am right. now involved <laughs> in movement. Yeah. yeah. Is is that a movement or a lawsuit? Well, I mean, that's the fun of it. It's kind like, of the same. It's like kind a pinata. Kind of the same thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's like, yeah, a, pinata. It's like a pinata. It it doesn't matter if somebody's going to hit it. You're going to get hit, and it doesn't. You just don't know what you're going to get out of it. So there you go. Hey, you guys, you guys have been absolutely a treat. You've been amazing, bro. Uh, Thanks. Thanks for listening to the ravings of an old lunatic. Hey man, man. Thanks for being a fucking friend and an awesome guest and a fucking, you know, interesting story after story after fucking story, (laughs) which is what I want for October. So if you're interested and you got the time, I, I I don't I don't ever think about this. I always just start spouting. Hey man, that's what I do. And I forget okay. half of it, so it's all good. <laughs> okay guys, I'll see you down the road. Absolutely. Have a good one, man. All Thanks right. for Later. Bye. Bye. And that concludes part one. Interview one. Show one with Mick. I mean, you don't interrupt brilliance. You don't interrupt genius ever. You you put your ego aside, and you just let brilliance run until they've got nothing left to say. So we went a bit over our usual hour, but, I mean, wouldn't you? I want to hear everything he has to say from his perspective of his career. Like, that, to me, dude, that... Like, if you wanted to talk for fucking four hours, if I could get that out of him, I am going to listen um like i said most shows i am the one that you listen to talk because it's my fucking show but when i have brilliance on my show i try to do as little talking as possible and let them really just have at the stories man because that is how we learn from experience man there's just some brilliance that you can learn from and i appreciate the fuck out of that so i'll catch your asses down the road i hope you enjoyed the first show that nick is on but i guarantee you i'm going to either persuade him to be back on or i will make the trip to the u.s with a chloroform rag and a windowless van and his ass is coming to canada and he's gonna do the damn show whether he likes it or fucking not so let's hope he agrees to just do it. I'm fucking with y'all. Uh, you know, horror movie shit, right? I appreciate y'all, man. Thanks so much for being patient, waiting for this epic-ass fucking guest. And I'll catch your asses down the road.